Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning into the Christian Authors on Tour Blog Talk Radio Show. Sit back and enjoy inspirational interviews with Christian fiction and nonfiction authors from around the world who are on fire for God and committed to using writing as a ministry tool. Feel free to follow our show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Christian Authors on Tour or like our Facebook page, the Christian Authors on Tour Blog Talk Radio Show. Good day, good day, good day. Wow, it is the third Friday in October. Can you believe it? This is one of your co-hosts, Lynn Pender, and I am so excited and honored that you tuned in today to the Christian Authors On Tour Blog Talk Radio Show, and I'm even more honored and excited that the gang is all here. Third Fridays, I have Missy Carasquillo and Leroy McKenzie Jr. Hi, Missy. Hi, Leroy. How are you? Hello, happy Friday. Happy Absolutely. Friday. Absolutely. <laughs> I had, I had to check my calendar too because I was like, man, it's third Friday already, but there's five Fridays in uh in October. Yep. So I was like, Oh mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Time is de- time is definitely fly- time is flying by all of my all of my yes. months seem to be blend- blending together. I know, I know, but I'm really excited because that means that we're getting closer to 2021, and you know what's happening in 2021. We have our multi-state Christian book tour, and I'm really excited because this year we're doing something a little different, Um, you know, COVID-19 and coronavirus pandemic has really Um, changed all of our lives and changed all of our worlds and really forced us to look at technology in different ways and and to be more creative. And so next year when we launch our Christian Book Tour, we will have six stops, three virtual stops online um, showcases, and then three, God willing, in-person stops. And so we're really excited. We already have one date confirmed, which is one of the virtual uh, events, and that's the Ladies of Christian Authors on Tour Virtual Showcase, which is going down on the last Saturday in March, March 27th. And one of the featured authors for that event is Carolyn L. Austin. She is the author of Prayers of My Mother, and we are really excited and honored to be able to feature her as one of the ladies of CAOT, and we're we're really excited about the other Christian authors um, that will be participating in this event, and it's it's a free event um, for 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 those who love Christian books and just want to kind of get to meet the authors in a more intimate way online via the internet. And you'll have an opportunity to do a morning session. You'll take a break, and then you'll do an afternoon session. So if you want more information about the ladies of CAOT virtual showcase, you want to. Uh, reach out to us online at www.christianauthorsontour.com 
or you can give us a call at 800-929-1418. And um, the last thing I I just want to say is that, you know, I just want you all to make sure that you are praying, 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 praying. Many of our Christian authors are going through so much, and many of you, our listeners, are going through so much. And the power of prayer is is immediate. And and it is so, you know, um, one point. And I think, Leroy and and Mitzi, you would agree with me on that, right? Oh, amen, yes. Yeah. Yeah, amen. You just just really, I've said 2020 has been like a a gut punch, you know, Mm. to, to folks because, you know, so many people have gone through so many things, and and I haven't shared or didn't share this with you all, but uh, I lost my sister last week, and we had her mm. memorial service show. Uh, so sorry to hear that. Sorry to hear that. memorial service yesterday. Um, but mm. 2020 has taken so many uh, people that we don't know and then some of those that we do know and everything like that. So going, you know, going through uh, this 2020 has been, you know, ha- has been, uh, I think, rough for a lot of people. And and so, yeah. like you said, Lynn, that the prayers uh, for everyone is is so are uh, so needed uh, right now, right yeah. now, and, and with everything that we that we're going through. Indeed, 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 indeed. Wow. <laughs> wow, yeah. wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Yes, and that's why it, I guess, you know, even now, I I, I believe it's so important for us to be able to continue to share, um, you know, what God has called us to do in terms of writing, because I truly believe that now more than ever, people are really in need of um, something that will kind of draw them close to the Lord. And, you know, uh, we always talk about our, our books being the, 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 the path that, that helped people get to the Bible, you know? But mm. now I think more than ever people need that. People need that. Yeah. And so it's, yeah. it's mm-hmm. awesome that, yeah, it's awesome that we have the Blog Talk Radio Show where we can feature men and women like the awesome, amazing, talented woman that we're featuring today. Um, but, <laughs> but it's also cool that we have um, other venues to do that, right, Mitzi? Yes, yes, we have the Christian Authors on Tour TV show. And, Lynn, you're so right that this is needed for a time such as this. You know, I was watching um, TV this morning, and on uh, the Today Show, they had, like, a rabbi and a um, priest on there, and they were saying that um, they've had many people reach out to them that, had never turned to their faith before, had mm. never prayed before, had, mm. uh, you know, didn't have restoration with family members. And during this season um, of the pandemic has changed their hearts and changed their minds and taught them to, to go in even closer to their faith that some never had used before or may have ran away before. So that that has been the beauty of anything out of this, Pandemic, and so we have, as you said, the Christian authors on on tour TV show. The TV show is a live show. It is broadcast out of Maryland, 
on Fridays from 10 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. And you could, what it does, this is Christian authors and or publishers seeking to spotlight their Christian books should consider the opportunity to interview on the CALT TV show as a cost-effective way to introduce hundreds of viewers to your books and or your brand via the Internet. And the and or your brand via the Internet, and we are, like I said, it's a live show. It's for 30 minutes from 10 to 10 a.m. And it's also on, it'll run on Facebook Live. It would run on YouTube. And it's actually held on the WDGR Gospel Network. So in order to um, book an interview, you can call 1-800-929-1418, extension 2, or visit the website for pricing. The website is www.caotv.com. And it's just great for such a time as this, even just to, even if you don't want to interview, just log on, another way to replenish, as we were just speaking of. And, again, the website is www.caotv.com. And the number to call for a book for pricing in interviews is 1-800-929-1418, extension 2. Amen. Amen. And, you know, that that kind of brings us to the reason why we're here today. Thank you for tuning in to the Christian Authors on Tour. <laughs> that is so cool. I like, you said that. I like the way you said that, Liz. <laughs> now, now for for those that don't know this young lady, and I started off, she y'all y'all just gonna have to y'all gonna have to pardon us because we having a party up in here. So, because uh, this this young lady is a part of our crew. So that's um, So. <laughs> So we but but for those that may not know who she is, I'm gonna read the bio because the I mean, and it would take me forever. We'd be going into 2021 if I read everything, but we asked her to give us like a little a little piece of what we could talk about for about her and everything like that. So uh, I'm gonna read this really quickly, and then um, then we're gonna get into our conversation with the one and only Miss Tracy Lydia Gardner, who is a best-selling author of. 13 books. Tracy writes about heroes, heroines who have complex backstories and intricate emotional drama that ultimately attempts to hinder them from the life and love they all deserve. When Tracy is not writing, she maintains her work for an area nonprofit as a case manager. She coaches other aspiring writers through the finishing of their books and helps them through the publishing process, too. An advocate for people with disabilities, Tracy loves making book trailers, speaking, shopping, and talking about her writing craft at every opportunity. She resides with a family just outside of, D- of the uh, Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. So I want to w- welcome to the show Ms. Tracy Lydia Garner. How are you, Ms. Tracy? I'm doing so good. How are you guys? Thank you so much. <laughs> we are good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Now I'm gonna start off uh, by asking you this. I read the re- I read the resume. 
but I'd like for you to just tell us a little bit of something about who Tracy Garner is that's not on the resume. Something about you that's that's not on the resume or or on the in the bio, I should say, not resume. Sure, sure, no problem. So I am a big goofball, basically. <laughs> um, I like to have fun. I joke a lot. I have a lot of people cracking up all the time. People tell me how funny I am. So I just love laughter and living. And um, I really started writing, though, out of uh, depression. And so when I was in college, I was writing my first book. I didn't know what the math teacher was talking about. So I was like, uh, I got to escape here because I don't know what's happening. So let me go on and um, write these books. And so I just really found and fell in love with the writing process. Um, I have a little Martha Stewart in me. I love entertaining. I love um, bringing people together um, and having events. So I like event planning. I'm hoping to write a book on some of the events that I've done over the years. It keeps calling to me because I just love gathering people and being around lots of different people. So I am a writer. I'm a preacher's kid. I have a disability. All those things make up who I am and who I am. I continue to move forward with my life and my writing and, and just keep going. Amen. Oh, man. And you've written so many books, so many types of books. Did you tell us your writing plan when approaching to be able to start your next book? Sure. Um, honestly, books really just start from a single character, just one person, and I usually have a line of dialogue um, that they might say um, before they get into trouble. They always get out of trouble, but they first get into some trouble and some adversity and find themselves in these different predicaments. Um, I do write romantic suspense, but the suspense part is just somebody's trying to kill this person or somebody wants revenge or somebody has a vendetta that they need resolved, and the only way to do that is to have my character killed or end their life or have something devastating happen to them. Of course, that doesn't happen because that would be a depressing book, but um, my characters overcome all obstacles, even themselves. So they really um, you know, have to really deal with themselves and their own issues and their own baggage. As far as my you know, approach to writing goes, I try to write as much as I can. So I usually am able to get to page uh, about 300 without doing a whole lot. I mean, if I don't know what something is or I need some more information and need to research, I'll just write in caps, researched hotel location here, and then I'll just keep going. Um, but I know mm-hmm. that, you know, my writing is really divine because I'll put things in my book and I'll be like, I, that doesn't make sense. Why are you? Why am I putting that here? And I just know that that is God saying, put that right there, because I'm telling you to. Like when your parents say, because I told you to, no explanation <laughs> needed, just because I told you to. So, um, so you know, I put it in there, and then later, as the story unfolds, because I'm also a pantser, uh, pantsers write by the seat of their pants. They don't plot. They don't have outlines. They don't have all these things that you need. Um, and so, you know, other people are plotters. So there's pantsers and plotters. And then there's also the hybrid version, which is plantsers, which I don't know. I think you're either one or the other. But um, so I try to write as much as I can. And then I'll try to go back and 
fix it, you know, fill any holes, and also attach things to a timeline just so that I can get the chronology right and make sure things came in order, make sure I didn't say it's starting off in the summer and then somehow we're already in, um, you know, spring, what happened to fall and winter. And so just making sure that it's all right and reading through it. But I really do, as a pantser, try to get as far as I can. I know God is talking to me and giving me the ideas. And that's how I'm able to get so far. And then just really fixing it, go back and go back over it later and try to fix it and make it make sense, you know, and make it um, like a real story, like, you know, with a beginning, a middle and an end and kind of some action and fast paced stuff in the climax and then the resolution at the end. So that's really what I do every time I sit down to write, just kind of going for it. Indeed, indeed. And you, 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 um, you know, you've written so many books, but you aren't just um, steeped in one type of book, you know, although you're, you're, I think your favorite is probably that, that um, you said the, 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 the romance suspense novels, mm-hmm. but you've done other books yes. as well. And um, you also are an avid researcher, <laughs> you know, and so I want you to talk a little bit about why those types of skills, the research skills, um, are so important when you are pulling together a story, whether or not it's um, uh, a fiction story or whether or not you're pulling together a devotional or, you know, some other type of book that's nonfiction. Why is that mm-hmm. research so important. Research is really important only because I have a fear of being called out. Like I want nobody to write in my review. <laughs> that didn't happen. That's wrong. That doesn't make sense. That restaurant is not located on that street. That until 1942, like, I just cannot imagine, like, first of all, I'm thinking, like, you have too much time on your hands to sit here and, p- and pick apart my book. So this real, the research really comes from a place of fear. Like, I don't want to get it wrong. I don't want anybody giving me, you know, bad vibes because I misplace something. And that's also why I don't write historical, because there is so much research to go with that. Mm-hmm. I respect the people that write that, but it is so hard to me, at least, to get all those facts and everything right. Like if you use a band aid, well, band aid didn't exist till 1847. Like really? <laughs> okay. Um, so you know, it's just really I don't want to deal with that. So that's one of the reasons that I'm really a stickler about research and also really writing yeah. what I know. So I write a lot about here in the area, in the D.C. area, and you know all of our traffic. And one person has even written me and said, "Wow, I love the D." I remember all the stuff that happened when I used to live there. And so, and there's also so much material, you know, there's political scandal, there's all kinds of other scandals, there's, you know, devastating news, and there's also good stories here too, but there's a lot that happens right here in the D.C. area, Virginia, Maryland, D.C., and Mm -hmm. it's just so much to really draw from. And so Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't say research is always my strongest suit, but but I really make it plain if I don't know what I'm talking about. So if I don't know all the details and I'm not able to get all of those, but people are willing to give information, you can interview people, you could talk to them on the phone. If you tell somebody you're writing a book, they're like, oh, my gosh, and they just start, you know, spilling all the tea. So, you know, they will tell you all kinds of things that you want to know, and they just think writing is so interesting. So 
that's one of the reasons. Um, for my nonfiction, it's more self-help and inspirational. So one of my books is called Pack Light, Thoughts for the Journey. And that's really just about seven um, stories of incidences that I went through and then how I dealt with them. So one of them is workplace bullying, how I overcame that. I had someone who was just awful, just, you know, mean-spirited. And we all have had that. These are universal experiences that we all have had. Um, embracing your unfavorites is another chapter in the book. You know, I sometimes refer to myself as Queen Gimp. It's a derogatory word, you know, but it's something that I use for myself in order to motivate. Like, girl, you better gimp it up. Like, let's go. We don't have time for this. You know, like, just keep going, keep doing your best. And so I think everybody has something that they struggle with or they don't like about themselves, but they try to embrace it anyway, or you play up the favorite attributes of yourself and really try to use those as far as your personality goes. If you have a beautiful smile, you know, if you have, you know, a mean walk and a, a determined spirit, those things you can really focus on instead of choosing to focus on negative things. So, uh, Pack Light Thoughts for the Journey is just seven stories of different things um, that people go through that everybody has experienced, I think, universally, and kind of talking about, this is what happened, uh, this is how I dealt with it, even if it wasn't good. Sometimes in my workplace, bullying incident, I wasn't always didn't always have the best response, you know, but that person moved on out of the way, was moved to another. You have to really look introspectively to say, you know, did I do anything to further antagonize the situation? Did I did I do something? Could I have done something to defuse it instead of escalating it? Because that's the kind of person that toxic, you know, person was. They wanted that. They wanted that response from me. And so I just try to, you know, be more um observant of my own story and really just document that for other people to use as a guide and as something to help them and inspire them and say, wow, she did that and I'm going through this right now. I could do this too. I could totally change my perspective, do what Tracy did and come out, you know, triumphant on the other side. So that's the other hidden messages in my self-help books. Amen. Amen. That's that's awesome, Tracy. And and I um I'm gonna take you though. I'm gonna take you. And I, I want you. I know you'll have fun with this, um, because I know you as a fiction writer, you create these characters and and these people that pop into your head and everything like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> well, um, and and being 20 years as a writer, writing uh, over 13 books that you've published and 90,000 copies, I want you to uh, can you can you give us or can you tell us which character? Um, that you have created was your most difficult, not your easiest to create. Which one was your most difficult <laughs> to create, <laughs> and and how you went about um, bringing that voice to life? Because all of us know when it, with the with you all fiction writers, and I'm not a fiction writer, you all get these people that come and sit down next to y'all and tell y'all these stories, and, and y'all have a way of telling them. <laughs> Everything like that, but which which character was was the one that was most difficult for you to to for you to capsulize and to create and and bring to bring to fruition? Yeah, wow, that is a great question. I don't think anybody has ever asked me that. In ah. fact, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep gushing over how great that question is while I think of my response. Um, you have to make a new character now. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? 
Right, right. But and first of all, I just want to clarify. Look, in my writing, I am the boss. Okay, I my character may come sit down beside me, but that's only if I get them a chair. Okay, otherwise they have to stand up and just just be there because I like I'm the head of this. This is my book. Okay, that's what I tell my characters. This is my book. You just get to um stay in here for a little while. But it is true that you have that kind of like you know people. The characters come and say, write my book, write my book, and you know you're like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not done with this person. Just, just wait your turn. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know who's so difficult, but I will say probably the next character. I mean, if I could go mm. with that, the next character that I'm working on who's not yet done is the, mm. probably the most difficult to write. And I'll also say that, you know, uh, when I first started writing, I started a series that was supposed to be four books, and I did not finish that. I don't know if it is fear or it's like, wow, you're going to really finish you know, these four books. And 16 Mm. years later, I have already released the first two again. I repackaged them and redid them. And I honestly think the last two in the series, they're four siblings. So Tisha's um, book, Whatever May Come, is already out. Um, Dean's book, Her Brother, is um, has been out since March, and he's book two, and I just really cleaned them up and gave them new covers and new ISBNs and stuff and, you know, re-released them. So Gina and JoJo are the next two siblings. They are so hard because I think it's because they're married. So they're married characters, and I don't know anything really about marriage. My parents had a beautiful marriage. I know what it's like to sacrifice and to make things work, but it's so hard writing about things you don't really know about, you know? And mm-hmm. so I think that really getting into the dynamics of their marriage is very intimidating for me. I'm like, what? Like, like you know, I'm be the first one, like, you need to leave him, like, forget him, goodbye. But they got to stay together because it's a romance and it's got to end happily. So I have to really put them through some things, whereas Dean and um, Tish's first two stories, um, both their stories respectively, they were trying to build a relationship with new people. So it's really, you know, I want my stories to be real, realistic, you know, mm. and of course, there's a little super romance and like you know, no man ever did this for me. That's what people tell me. Like this is this man is not real because he, he nobody has ever done that. Well, that doesn't mean it can't happen. But um, you know, just getting into those things, like you want it to come across really real and very authentic, but you also want to add an element because it's at the end of the day, it's escapism. So I guess mm. it really depends on it's not the character so much; it's what the character is and who and what they have to go through that is the most challenging and making that appear real, uh, realistic to others and letting it resonate. Um, the characters that I'm writing right now, book three is Gina and she's had a few miscarriages and they were mm. so into their money and wealth And so they really have to take a look at, like, they've lost almost everything. She's been fired from her big-time job at the Washington Post, and he's kind of hitting rock bottom. He has a weird relationship with his father. And so just seeing how money can really cloud your your vision and your future and the things that you go after. So that those dynamics within the relationship are the toughest part, not necessarily the characters. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Wow. She kind of answered my next question all wrapped up in it because I was going to ask her what was she hoping that her readers get from it. Like, do you are you hoping that they're reading it, Sam? But 
No way, she needs to leave his butt. Yeah, she needs to. Yeah, she can do better than this. So it sounds like yeah. you, you have this already. Um, that you want it to, like you said, you want it to be just as realistic. Um, mm-hmm. So that is kind of what you're hoping that people are being, are able to be very relatable to it. Right. Yeah, totally. I want them to. And I also am a reader. You know, even though I'm writing this and I'm total creator of all these worlds and these relationships, I'm still a reader at the end of the day. I have to ask myself, would I read that? And would I create this character? Is she too stupid to live? That's a saying in the writing world. Like, don't create characters, you know, too dumb to live. Um, So we want people like no weak heroines, none of these people that keep making these poor choices over and over again. Like when you're watching a horror movie, don't go in the closet. Don't go in the closet. Like, dumb girl, go in the closet, open the door, and there he is, you know, ready to stab you to death. So you just, um, I don't want to create characters like that. But I like it when people get mad or they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe this person did this. Or they tell me they want to beat somebody up. In my book, I have a friend that reads stuff. She's like, I wanted to beat her up. I wanted to beat her. And I'm like, that's good, that's good, that's good. And people are probably, you know, if you heard the conversation just, you know, outside, we'd be like, oh, my God, who, who, who are they going to beat up? What's going to happen? But that's how, but I was able to create that emotion in you. So if I could do that, if I can make you want to beat somebody up, that's a good character. Like, you know, there's there's all these old um, things you hear about from actors that said, you know, people on the street hate me. They want to beat me up. And people really slap somebody, you know, in the street of a famous actor, they will slap them or hit them, and you're like, wow, you took this story a little too far. He's a character. She's a character. These are not real. But it's still, it's it's kind of exciting. I wouldn't want to be slapped, but it's kind of exciting to know that I did a good enough job to evoke that kind of emotion in you. I think that is exciting. I have to get my bodyguards like, hey, slap him. He's big. But, um, you know, it's like, um, I can't, you know, don't please don't hurt me. I'm just acting. And I think that, too, you know, these are fictional characters don't get all you know upset but if it creates some kind of emotional response in you i've done my job and that's good that's a good feeling absolutely and listen we have run out of time but tracy i want you to give your contact information so folks can buy your book Sure. Um, you can get my books all on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, wherever you like to get your books. They're on Kindle. And I'm so excited. Um, Tisha's story, the first book in the Jameson family, is now on audio. So I have my first audio yeah. book. I'm really excited. Um, a Current Affair is currently in audio production. All I have to do is finish listening to it and finding all the issues so I can release it. And all, the whole series will be on audio um, in the coming uh in 2021 when I finished the series. TracyGarner.com, that's T-R-A-C-E-E, two E's if you please, TracyGarner.com. And I will love to connect with any of the listeners and people who are interested in my book. And thank you so much for the opportunity, all of you. All right, all right. Well, thank you. Yes, and Mitzi and Leroy, it's always a pleasure. (laughs) It's always fun. And yes, and to our listening audience, we so appreciate you.